This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by ComicBookClick.com. That's it, people. ComicBookClick.com is the one stop for all things Comic Book Click, our merchandise, our articles, and every single episode of the Major Issues Podcast. Visit ComicBookClick.com and remember, you, yes, you are worthy. out there in comic book land my name is george serrano aka the don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason and that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always i am never alone ma'am can you please introduce yourself hello hello um, my name is melissa aka big sis Big Sis is here. It's been a full year since you've been on the podcast. A whole uh, year? A whole year. Much needed estrogen on this uh <laughs> on this on this show here that we do. And I got to I got to be honest, you know, um uh, we we're just covering I mean, we just passed Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You know. And even though New York City had a very frigid uh Valentine's Day, it looks like almost all over. Very very cold, very snowy. Uh, season of love. I, I was getting a little bit of that FOMO, you know. I was getting a little bit of that. You was missing out. I was missing out a little bit. I was missing out, and nothing quite uh, makes you feel good about being single than watching Harley Quinn. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost nothing. Sure. <laughs> but I figured if we're gonna sit here, if we're gonna sit here and talk about love, and we're gonna go through our feelings, I needed somebody who knew me. Knew me since diapers, so we could sit here and discuss the themes of this show, how it relates to real life, and what the show is actually trying to say about things like love, uh, toxic relationships, and and finding your own identity. But I guess oh, so much, so much. I guess first and foremost, I gotta ask. Um, you know, you weren't privy to this show uh, when it first came out in 2019, I believe it came out, and then the second season was greenlit right away, um, and came out just months later the first season comes out in 2019 in november the second season comes out in april of 2020 so months apart um but what did you think this is this had a lot of uh hype around it it's the first warner brothers animation series to be rated uh tvma harley quinn some people think she's overused some people think she's underused at the end of the day what did you think about harley quinn uh seasons one and two I absolutely loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Thank you so much (laughs) for putting me on. And oh my God, like first five minutes, I even texted you and I was like, um, five minutes in and this is amazing. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, What, um, I guess, what do you think differentiates this from the other Harley Quinns that you've seen? Uh, Keeping it light. Spoilers, uh, if any. I feel like this wasn't like forced. Like I don't, I don't know. Like it was just like easy to watch and follow, and it wasn't like too overdone and too much going on, and it was just like just right. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And the the twenty minute episodes, right? Just right sized. You take them in and you go. They each have a, a little bit of a a little bit of heart, humor, and spectacle in them, and um. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I know initially, I kind of had my arms crossed when this came out. 
a lot of Harley stuff have come has come out in the last yeah. four years or so, and you start to wonder, um, you know, what it, when so much of that stuff gets pumped out, how much of it's actually going to be quality, right? Um, and I I think that this this is quality. It's it's a weird amalgamation of like. DC laughing at itself and a lot of the stuff that's kind of silly over there. It was hilarious. Uh, but but was also hilarious. being serious about it, right? Like, because, like, for instance, Batman's in this. But Batman's mm-hmm. not like, like, I don't know. Uh, you, they, you don't give him a funny voice or he's not a klutz, you know? He's just right. super serious. That's the joke on him, which is the joke on him in real life. <laughs> he's, 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 he's always super he's serious. He's always serious. And yeah, then so, he takes himself serious, but they like joke on him and they kind of like tease him a little bit throughout the show or whatnot. But it's like he's thick, he's true to the character, yes. but they're going to come out like, oh, you know, throwing jabs when they can, you know? We're seeing things from another perspective. Uh, right. these, these villains don't think as highly of these heroes as we do. So when you Man. hear, I mean, uh, I guess this is, this might be the, the I, we won't go crazy with it, but this might be the dirtier version of, of, of the podcast. But there's a whole joke about whether or not, or a rumor about whether or not he fucks bats. Right. <laughs> so she's like, fuck bats. He's First like, episode. Fuck bats. He's like, I don't fuck bats. He's like, you totally do. <laughs> um, so Kaylee Kuko is this version of Harley Quinn. Um, from the Big Love Bang her. Theory, that's what people most know her for. Um, what do you think of her in the voice? She did awesome. Like I kind of was like, okay, let's see how they're gonna portray this kind of accent because you know they're always trying to do like that accent for her. Yeah. And again, it was not forced. It was just like just smooth, and it wasn't like ear piercing, like high pitched too much. You know. Yeah. You know that's what they can get with her, and, and it was no, it was good, and it wasn't like too much overdone of an accent. Like, right? So I, I appreciate that. Um, I remember like when I because they had did a trailer, but it, even when watching the series initially, I remember thinking to myself that um, like it's not as deep of a of a Brooklyn accent, Brooklyn Queens ask, accent as they've been doing mm-hmm. in the past. But around the time when this came out, I felt like the way uh, Margot Robbie was doing it was a little try hard. Mm-hmm. Was a little like. That's like, what I mean. And coming from, and being from there, coming from there. And yeah. then you're trying to like, it's like, it's like, you know, chalkboard, you know, screech. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, come on. No, let's, let's just cut it out. So it, like, it was, it was a good, it was a good little change. It, interestingly enough, um, Apparently, after completing the first season and like getting used to the voice of Harley, uh, Kaylee wanted to go back and re-record the first episode so that they all sounded the same. Huh. You know, like she was really, I guess, really felt herself getting into it. And I guess then when you listen to the earlier episodes, she must be like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you know, right, like, I had right. no idea <laughs> where, where I was going with this and stuff. Um, but Harley's a feeling too, you know. After a while, she started really becoming Harley and feeling it and... She's like, wait a minute, this is who she is. It actually goes thematically with yeah. with, with yeah. how the uh, show takes off. Um, the last time that you were on here, we covered Harleen, uh, the comic, and we spoke about mm-hmm. Harley Quinn and her many um, iterations over the years. Uh, for those who 
I mean, you should go back and listen to that episode, but if you haven't, really quick, um, Harley Quinn was created for the Batman the Animated Series as a uh, kind of a henchwoman for the Joker. Um, she ended up getting massive popularity being introduced into comics, video games, uh, television, and movies. Um, and since, yeah, since the 90s, they've been uh, really putting her as a staple in DC Comics, not just the television, to the point that she has her own show here. Uh, Birds of Prey came out last year, Suicide Squad a couple of years before that. Um, and so we basically start off there. So this part is I, I took notes for because I feel like the setup, which is basically just the first episode, sets up everything mm-hmm. else moving forward. So I'm going to recap the events of the first episode real quick. Get full spoilers. We could talk all the fun stuff. All the fun (laughs) stuff and get into it. So um, Harley Quinn starts off with a very bloody and profanity-filled robbery of a bunch of rich men. That was great. That was great. (laughs) But Harley the the Joker be like, us white men. (laughs) Talk over the poor. Like, what? Yeah. That was was right at the beginning, too. Um, uh, the Joker in this is played by Alan Tudyk, um, who also plays uh, Clayface, a bunch of other people in this series. He plays um, Mr. Nobody in Doom Patrol. I mean, the cast, the cast is ridiculous in itself. I mean, I just yeah. want to just say that right now while you go down the line of who is in it. I'm mean, just say that right now. The yeah, I mean, if awesome. I, like... just naming names without actually, you know, uh, Wayne Knight, Phil Lamar, Sanaya Lathan. Um, Jim Rash. I mean, you tell me you under you recognize Jim Rash. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dean <laughs> <laughs> We had uh, Ron Funches kills it. I love Ron Funches. Um, he's King Shark. We have JB Smooth. We have Jason Alexander. Uh, Tony Hale, Lake Bell, uh, Tisha Campbell Martin. You know yeah. they were pulling people by the wayside yeah. for this. Um, oh, Jamila Jamil is in this. Oh, check that out. George Lopez? Well, yeah, he was in an episode. <laughs> yeah, he did an episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, all-star cast. Um, what did you think of this Joker? I think it was good. I liked it. Yeah. And I th- I think they did a good job of not making him the main character. Like, even though it's a Harley thing, sometimes he can, like, overshadow, like, come, you know, come across as, well, like, everyone's attention is on him. And... He popped in and out, but he was more focused on her. It's very much like um, like Suicide Squad, right? Like she's in Suicide Squad, but we're all like, go back to the Joker. What's the Joker doing? Right. What's he? Yeah. He's doing yeah. more exciting stuff. Let's go over to him. And the, interestingly enough, they refer to him as Joker's girlfriend. Uh, I mean, they refer to Harley Quinn as Joker's girlfriend when they get to the yacht. And mm-hmm. um, that's the stink or the stigma that she's trying to get off for the rest of the series. You know, right. that's, that's her that's her journey there. I feel like they reached a much more organic uh, conclusion to that journey than in Birds of Prey. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, at this, at various points, the Joker's still around. So when he, you know, when he tries to ensnare her again, we have to see her reject those advances. But in Birds mm-hmm. of Prey, he never comes back. So right. you can play free, right, until until you're not. And I felt like that was a failing of, of that story in, in Birds of Prey. Like the whole scene where he just like does a whole reverse psychology and tells her all this stuff about, oh, oh you broke up with me. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's what I wanted you to do. I wanted you to break up with me. It, it's and so like, good you're, or bad. You're watching this like, no, she's not going to. 
And yep, jumps right on top of him. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> Out of control. This is classic. This is classic. You know what he's doing. But... Yep. And it falls right into the traps again. Yep. Um, so Batman shows up, saves the day. Um, instead of escaping together, Joker uses Harley as bait so he can leave her behind <laughs> so she can go to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, Typical. And, and not only does she refuse to turn Joker in, but while she's in prison, she still thinks she's coming. And everyone's like, nah. Like you need to, you need to get off that. Um, yeah, he promised to come to. Oh, you go to jail. Don't worry about it. But I'll come get you out. Yeah, yep. And she was there for a year, and yep. nothing. Um, we all, before she goes to jail, we're introduced to Commissioner Gordon, who's one of my favorite characters on oh the show. Goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness! He's so like unshaven and frazzled, and <laughs> you could tell he hasn't sleep. He's he hasn't is sleep. done. He's <laughs> over it. He's fried. And the thing is, if you lived in Gotham, you would be. Right. You'd be stressed out all the time. This guy has a freeze gun. This guy's blowing up a stadium. This guy's putting poisonous gas into the air. I I loved, and he's um Chris. I he's um the dude from yes yes Taylor yes. Uh, what's that Law and Order, right? Yeah, yep. Where is Christopher Maloney? Maloney, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he and the fact that he's kind of that like the role he's known for. <laughs> to d- devolve into this crazy like like who would not know that better than him yeah he, at one point he was talking about like um, there's only so long my wife can uh, can sit there and look at my dead eyes as I thrust upon her like <laughs> and I was like <laughs> yes every time Batman will come out oh what's going on oh everything is fine you know, just like my marriage <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely terrible um she befriends Poison Ivy, uh, who's played by Lake Bell, who in this version, I feel like she's more like Daria than Uma Thurman. Very Daria. Very Daria. There's a lot of Daria there. Um, where Uma Thurman was always per- portrayed as like a more sexy, sensual person, mm-hmm. uh, this Ivy doesn't really care what you think of her. She right. ain't trying to trap people, none of that stuff. She's just trying to be an environmentalist, which is closer to how she is now in the comics. You could imagine when she was created in uh, 1966... That yeah. they, she was just a pinup, right? Right. A woman with a leaf covering the the parts that you can't see, and <laughs> who makes you fall in love with her. Um, but in this, I I really like her as a character. In this, she, she's pretty funny too, even though she's a straight man, straight yeah. woman. It's that it's that like dry sarcasm, like you have to get it to get it. Yeah, yeah. And so in this, she's a disaffected young adult woman who doesn't seem to trust anyone but Harley, and tries her hardest to convince her Joker is not the one. Uh, to that, Joker says. To that, Harley says, "Joker is challenging and exciting." Um, so I, I want to circle around this for a bit. When it, when you, when it, I guess this is the best time to talk about this. But when you're in a situation like this, when you can't see the forest through the trees, when you're in a toxic relationship to this level, um, you everything's a low bar, right? Like, if if life with this person is miserable, then all it takes sometimes is a bouquet of flowers. Oh, or yeah. showing up at the right time because you're always late. Mm-hmm. Or buying dinner that one time. And in all honesty, Harley gave Joker a pretty low bar. All he had to do was get her out of prison. Yeah. Three months in, But six he's the one in. that said he was going to do it. <laughs> right, 100%. <laughs> and if that's, that's why I feel like it's, it's kind of like a broken clock theory. Because if he eventually did it, he would be right. Mm-hmm. And I think he knows that. And that's the that's the game he's playing with her um 
and yet she's still telling everybody that he's coming, even though he's not. Ivy's able to break her out and uh, brings her home and reminds her that she was the only doctor to get through to her because sometimes we forget Harley Quinn is an actual doctor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we see Harley diagnose herself as having abusive codependency and she decides uh, she needs to step out on her own. Uh, she confronts Joker to break up with him, but Joker manipulates the situation by saying he was intending to break up with her first as a safety precaution. And his words get her back in his arms. Um, obsessing over Riddler getting more attention than him, Harley Quinn attempts to rid themselves of him, but gets captured alongside Batman. Joker shows up and abandons her again, and Harley starts to realize uh, she's changed events in her mind to make the Joker seem like he cares more than he does. And haven't we all? Mm -hmm. um, Ivy saves her and encourages her to be more than Joker's girlfriend. With new gear, she shows up at Joker's house to make an, uh, a statement and break up with him. She says she's there to replace him as Gotham's greatest villain and takes down all his goons to prove it. Finally, out of, the sh of Joker's shadow, she's ready to make a new name for herself and become something other than Joker's girlfriend. And that's basically the setup uh, for all this. Um, we are introduced to the Legion of Doom. Again, I feel like everyone in here is hilarious. I think Bane is hilarious. Uh, his voice, oh my god. His voice. Is, <laughs> it says two faces, but <laughs> it should be four. <laughs> he's, he's hilarious. Um, and, but um, Harley wants to impress him. You know, the idea is that if she's on her own and the Legion of Doom, you know, has the Joker in it, that, uh, he, you know, she that's, that becomes her white whale, her brass ring. She wants to impress all these villains here. Um, what did you think of Joker's reaction to being broken up with? A typical Joker, typical narcissist. Oh yeah, yeah I'm, I'm meant for you to do that. You're not going to break up with me. I'm going to break up with you, but I'm or I'm going to make it to where it's my idea. He doesn't even yeah. like friends talking about it. Right. Like he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, she, yeah, mm -hmm. I've been, been broke up with her or whatever. Mm -hmm. Because um, it can't be. You can't leave the Joker. Right. Who leaves the Joker? And and what what? I I, I say this in the most masochistic. Uh, um, was it uh? When you're all for guys, I was gonna say masochistic, but that's not the word. Misogynistic. Misogynistic. Yes. So I'm gonna say this in all you know full misogyny intended with, when it comes to the Joker. But it's like, what does it matter if you're the clown prince of crime if your girlfriend could just walk away from you? Right. And what does that mean, you know, for your rep and stuff? Speaking of rep, uh, Harley decides the best thing she needs to do, um, she must have watched Fast and the Furious a couple times. You got to get a crew, right? That's You got to get La Familia. <laughs> you got to have a crew. You got to get a crew. Um, who is your favorite member of Harley's crew? We have Clayface, uh, who she meets as a bartender. He, he's based on the Batman villain, Clayface, uh, who debuted in 1940. Um. Played by Alan Tudyk. We have King Shark, uh, who debuted in Superboy number 9 in November of 1994. We have Dr. Psycho, played by Tony Hale, who is in this show publicly ousted for calling Wonder Woman the C-word. <laughs> <laughs> and he's based on the villain of the same name, who debuted in Wonder Woman number 5 in 1943. Uh, and then we have Cyborgman who uh, recently came out in um, Harley's New 52 comic, and she's uh, Ivy's landlord. I what just, I can't, you can't, you can't pick. <laughs> it just, oh my God. I said that I was just cracking up. Like, you literally laugh out loud at right. these characters and, you know, 
and they they mesh so well with each other. Yeah, and none of these guys are A-listers, right? Like both in the comic sense and in the show. A lot of these, I mean, if you would have if you would have thrown a dart five years ago and asked somebody who Doctor Psycho was, <laughs> unless they were reading comics, they wouldn't know King Shark and right. stuff like that. Um, luckily, you'll be seeing King Shark this summer because King Shark's going to be in the Suicide Squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, the, a lot of these characters, I was I was watching this and I'm like, this is very informative, but I wonder if uh, Big Sis thinks that any of this is like fake. Like, oh, did they make this up for the show? No, almost everything in the show is from the comics. I, you know what? I kind of have a feeling like, you know what? There's so many characters. I don't think they probably need to make any of Right? No, like, it's, they can just pull it's the from truth. any, every, so many universes. Yeah, and not only that, but you get to a point where you'll have characters that were written in one comic once in 1956, you know? And there if no know. one's using them, why not? When I bring them back or whatever. Um, one of these characters I didn't even know about, we get introduced to the Queen of Fables. <laughs> Wanda Sykes I haven't heard that voice in years um, so it was it's cool. hard not to know who that is yes, as soon it was, as talking it was cool to hear her I went back completely completely real completely real she's based on the character of the evil queen from Snow White uh, and she's the living embodiment of all evil in folklore she first appeared in November of 2000 in JLA number 47 so she's real uh when we meet her she is a tax book she's been trapped in a tax in a tax textbook or something like that um and she she presents this idea what do you think about the idea that there is a glass ceiling for female villains do you think that's hmm. true cuz i was trying to think we don't have many top notch female villains no but that also could be because you don't want to see the heroes punching him you know that that could be that you know you may not want to see batman punch a female villain in the face so that could be it too yeah but there should there's i think there should be more female villains and they don't all have to use their sexuality to be a villain you know i don't think like poison ivy i don't think she used hers or you know even so much um Harley Quinn in this season with, you know, she didn't really have the crop top and the little, you know, I mean, she had the black and red, but she didn't have the other, you know, you know what I mean? Oh my that God. was a little they bit more sexualized. They do that scene where, um, I, Harley's talking to somebody, they're doing like visits at the at, at Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I feel like this episode is going to be a lot of, Hey, do you remember that part? But, um, the, uh, they they act like or Ivy's like he's not coming. Uh, matter of fact, how long have you been here, Calendar Man? How long has she been here? And he's like six months. And then Calendar Man's wife is like, oh, so you know the clown strippers? Uh, how long? Uh-huh. How long she's uh-huh. been here? <laughs> I was like clown stripper. <laughs> oh, I was dying. Oh my gosh, so funny. Or that when um um. Clayface turned into this sorority girl. Oh, yes. And she kept uh, wanting to text that boy back, find uh-huh. out if they were really dating and stuff. He went really method for that. Yeah, he went really, really method for that. Then um, she, um, Ivy mentioned something about a crop top. And she's like, yeah, I really don't know what to do with it. I really don't know what goes with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, what I like about Queen of Fables is uh, she eventually gets freed, but it gets it, it it becomes quite apparent that their brands of evil are, are different. Um, mm-hmm. Queen of Fables is real quick. a real <laughs> bad person to the point that I had seen these episodes before. I, I saw them when they originally came out, and I read I did a rewatch this week to watch them. When she kills the last remaining member of that family, <laughs> I died. I di- he was like having a speech or something. He was like, he was like, thank you. You know, I've learned the last. And then a spear just goes through his mouth. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I got to get the last of the bloodline. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm dying. I'm like, what is this show? So as a parent, how did you feel about the gratuitous violence and profanity in this show? Well, I would never let my kids watch it, but I loved it. Yeah. I, I appreciate it in yeah. a cartoon because you can do more. They can do more with it. They can make it as gory and graphic as they want to because it's a cartoon. They're drawing it, you know? Do, are, do, uh, can you remember any uh, gratuitous gory moments? Any stick out of oh, your Oh, yeah, so many. Uh, just with her alone when the um, she had the, uh, the big bad wolf come and tear oh, up the God. <laughs> The family reunion. He's like, it wasn't I me. Mean, it was a big bad wolf. <laughs> I mean, the first two seconds of the episode, you know, yeah. they're killing, and then um, Joker throws out the acid gas, and they're melting. I'm like, what is this? I love it. Out of control. Um, I, I literally am always shocked whenever King Shark just bites somebody's head off out of nowhere because he's usually in mid sentence. Yeah, right. He's like, I'm having a good day. Home, and he just bites off somebody's head. Um, as somebody who's a major fan of this character in the comics, I died at the whole episode with the theme of searching for your nemesis. <laughs> and so <laughs> the person who shows up and wants to be Harley's nemesis is Damian Wayne, my favorite Robin, uh, Batman's son. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, in the comics, Batman's son is raised by, you know, Batman have this, has this kid with the daughter of the League of Assassins. So this kid is raised by his grandfather, who's an assassin. He's deadly. He can kill, you know, at will. But he's still a child. And that's how he was always portrayed as this very deadly child. This is the first right. time I ever had to hear such a childlike voice. Right. And that took me by surprise. And it killed me because he's like, I'm going to stop you. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. Oh, he's like, like I was me. raised by a group of assassins. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not going to go over well. That's kid. exactly what it would sound like. A hundred percent. And I was talking to my roommate. I'm like, they kind of have to do this now, right? They have to do. Um, did you see uh, Good Boys? No, no. Well, the main, the main kid from Good Boys is the voice for this. Was a voice for okay. for him here, so he's he is a very young child. Um, yeah, but all that killed me. Um, and then uh, he wants Batman to explain sex to him, and Batman's like, "I don't got no time." He left. <laughs> um, but the the idea is that like we're we're figuring out what the building blocks are to a villain's reputation. Turns out you have to have a a, a crew. It turns out you have to have a nemesis to. And it's more and yeah. more. Yep, and you more. have to, the confrontation gets attention, so we have to get mm-hmm. a nemesis. Um, we had a cool little trip um, through Harley's mind where, uh, you know, when she had that psychotic break, literally, and she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't move. Um, I, what I really liked about that episode is that she took control over her over her past. And um, it actually led to a pretty interesting discussion here at the house because she says something along the lines of like, that's not my origin. You know, when Joker dropped me in the acid, that's not my origin. My origin is when I left him. 
you know. Yeah, that was pretty powerful. That was that was dope. That was powerful. <laughs> that was cool. And then you know, um, my roommate says, you know, I'm not too sure about the, all this mentality of like all oh, my, you know, bad decisions don't make me. We're in, we're uh, on a culmination of all all of our experiences. And I said, yeah, I, I agree with you there. But I think what it, they're trying to go for here is that those bad things aren't labels that stay on with you forever. You know, um, too often in life, somebody te- somebody who has more emotional power than we realize tells us something about ourselves that we hold on to, something negative about ourselves that we hold on to. And sometimes we hold on to it for too long and label ourselves these things. And with all the terrible things Joker's told Harley, I could imagine that what she sees when she looks in the mirror. So for her to be able to stand on her own and be like, that's not my origin, this is, it, it's an extremely powerful moment. And again, not to beat the dead horse, but something we could have used in Birds of Prey. You know, we could have used a moment of like, this is, this is me. But Yeah, that's what I feel like there was kind of some gaps that were filled. Yeah. In this one. Yeah. Um, which I guess you get to do with a series, right? Because you have so many tries at it or so many bites at the apple. Um, but we, if, you know, we're here, we're here to talk about love. We got to talk about Kite Man and Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to preface this by saying that Kite Man is a ridiculous character. He's always been a ridiculous character. Most recently, when I started Comic Book Click in 2016, there was a writer named Tom King that started to bring him in randomly, even though people hadn't used him for years. He started to bring him in, in randomly, and he would be like, "Yeah, he would be like the butt of the joke." But not only that, he would always say, "Hell yeah!" So when this show started and he's there and he's doing the kite man hell yeah thing, I was completely on it. What do you think about the character of Kite Man, and what do you think about their relationship, Kite Man and Ivy's? It's like you've seen it before. You've seen it before. He's so incredibly goofy that you can't not like like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is, and he really thinks he's a hero. And she's trying to hide, you know, trying to hide him, and you know, but eventually she's like, "Man, forget this. That's my man." <laughs> where, where, where do you sit on on that? Where do you sit on that? Was she right to try to hide him? Of course not. Of course not. But you know, she's a villain. She has her little rupture. I love that she he's like, Do you think I think if like you drop your name, we can get the table quicker? (laughs) (laughs) He knows, he knows his place. (laughs) He's saying it's it's so ridiculous though, it's so ridiculous. Um yeah, it initially starts off with like a bunch of mixed like he misread messages, like he thinks he needs to show up naked and all this other kind of stuff. He thinks they're doing it. Uh, but eventually, like you said, I guess she wears him down and it gets to the point where his goofiness, his tryhardedness is a bit endearing uh, to Ivy. And it was said early on in the show that Ivy doesn't really care about people. You know, mm-hmm. she, she doesn't really care about people. Harley was one of the first people. You said that, it a couple of times. You said it yeah, a few times. Yeah. Um, and Harley is one of the first people that she cares about. Um, and I'm guessing uh, then it comes to Kite Man. And it, it, they literally do the baby steps of it, of like being, you know, public, uh, whether or not they're going to say the I love you's, all that kind of stuff there. And um, I don't think that uh, Harley was digging it too much. But before we get to her reaction to this, what do you think about the episode Bensonhurst, where we got to see some of Harvey Harley's uh, home life? That was interesting. That's what I said. This, it filled in a lot of gaps. 
yep. a lot of things that you're like, oh, okay, well, this is what's going on there. Right. I mean, with that, with um, Harley, with Harley and Ivy, they, they do something with that too. Like, oh, okay, this is where that comes from. I, I also feel like um, in, in doing this, in laying out her her backstory, her family life, whatever you want to call it, you're taking the power away from the Joker. Right? Because if the only thing we know about is that, oh, she was a nice doctor. And then the Joker and then Harley. Then you put a lot of who she is in the Joker. And by spilling it out this way... And he basically made her. But right. actually, no. No. He didn't. <laughs> the, the building blocks for for this insanity seems She's been messed up. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. The building blocks of this insanity... Um, were there. Here's something interesting. When um when Harley was first created, there was no uh vat of acid. She was just a painted up clown hence woman thing. Um eventually in the series, the animated series, Batman the animated series, she befriends Poison Ivy and Ivy gives her a shot so that she can be um immune to Joker's toxins. Like, just on a homegirl thing. And the shot, it gives her, like, special... Like, not super speed, but, like, agility, stuff like that. It has an adverse effect and ends up giving her, like, crazy agility, jumping skills, acrobatics, stuff like that. Um, In 2011, when they wanted to redo all of the DC Universe, they changed her origin to be one of somebody who uh, Joker throws in the vat. Thus changing her hair, her skin color, and all the things there. Do you sit on... What do you sit on that? Do you do you rather the the transformative acid or or not? I see... I see how both can work. I see how both can work. Um, it needed to be the acid. Because it needed to be Joker that created her. And right. she would have... I mean, even though... She jumped into it herself. He didn't push her. Right. I mean, yeah. She jumped into it herself. Yeah. 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 She made that decision, but he brought her there. Yes. Now, in the other sense that she would have gone out, somebody looking for, okay, how can I do this to make me, you know, immune and this and that, and then get a shot for it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that the VAT helped in the visual, right? Like the, like the complete the transformation. transformation. Yeah. Um, so that there turns out Joker and the queen of fables is the, are the big bads for season one. So, uh, together they take over Gotham using her big old book and they are able to trap the justice league inside that book. Um, there was a very heart wrenching moment where it's, it seems that the Joker kills poison Ivy. How did you react to that? I thought that was done. I thought it was done. I was like, well, <laughs> not only so that, but it's like, like really, they play like sad music for the credits. It was pretty intense. She screamed like like a real scream, not like a nah, yeah, like a, yeah. Ah! right. <laughs> like she was like really hurt. Like yeah, um, they they are good at their because there's like a theme song. The, the 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 regular theme song that plays in the beginning plays at the end of every episode. But when they know they when they know they've done something emotional, sometimes they won't play any music. Right. The credits will just come up and let you sit in whatever. <laughs> mood they put you in 
so that was a big one. I remember I was like, wow, like they really did. But then the next week she comes back. <laughs> they did really good with going back and forth between comedy and an actual drama. Like, yeah. oh, whoa, wait, she really died. Wait a minute. Right, right. Uh, but yeah, she comes back. Um, and at one point, Har- uh, Joker was going to throw Harley inside of a, I guess, a reverse vat of acid. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you so, have a of acid, you gotta have a reverse vat. Yeah, right. <laughs> they come together. He just never uses the um, other one. He's like, why? Why make things normal? Just in case. Just in case. Uh, but they end up throwing him in that, and. Yeah, seemingly Gotham is destroyed. <laughs> Hardy's gotten what she's wanted. Uh, everything has gone to shit, and uh, Gotham is destroyed. So, uh, season two is kind of about Harley against the Injustice League, the people left over after all the Legion of Doom and all that kind of stuff. So, Penguin, Mister Freeze, Bane, the Riddler, Two Face, and stuff. Um, Harley is frozen. He ends up being fro- she ends up being frozen and wanting to get revenge back on Mr. Freeze. Um, big moment. Kite Man proposes. Uh, and I remember old girl didn't really... She wasn't really happy at first. Uh, she had to be convinced, old Ivy, to, to give this man a chance. Um, Harley. I really liked the Mr. Freeze episode. Yeah. Um, funny enough... Harley and Mr. Freeze have a lot in common in the sense that it was the animated series that put Mr. Freeze more on a map than the comic books did at the time. In the comics, he was just a guy with a cold gun, you know? Um, and his name was actually Mr. Zero. It was terrible. Terrible. He had like a, <laughs> like a spaceman helmet. It was really, really bad. And so the same person who created Harley Quinn wrote a story for the animated series called Heart of Ice. Saying, what if this man, the reason why he became a villain is because his wife had an inoperable, you know, disease and he froze her and is now spending the rest of his life seeking a cure. So um, that that episode came out. It won awards. They ended up writing that as the origin for him in the comics. So that's what it is now forever. And this is just another example slash retelling of that. And what the the Mr. Freeze episode focuses on is... Whether or not Harley is too cynical to fall for true love again. So we spoke a little bit about toxic relationships. What what do you think? Why do you think it's so important to reestablish your identity after something like that? A lot of times when you get into a toxic relationship, you don't know with your identity in the first place. Yeah, that's why you allow certain behaviors and you deal with certain things that you usually wouldn't. Um, it's it's beyond important to establish yourself after that because you need to be okay with standing by yourself. You need to be okay with doing, you know, your own thing and not being so codependent. And I mean, if there is not one codependent relationship, yeah. <laughs> Harley Quinn and the Joker. I mean, even he's dependent on her in his you know ways, so where he tries not to show it, but he needs her to be, you know, that submissive, you know, puppy dog, you know. Letting, allowing the abuse to happen, allowing that stuff. He needs that. Yeah, yeah. It's very much in his own identity there. Um, and it, it's a big deal uh, because ultimately we, we learn in relationships that you make sacrifices and sometimes you can end up sacrificing too much um, in the sense that if, if the relationship isn't, what is it called, equally yoked, uh, 
if people are not get, putting in the, the same amount of energy as the kids say these days, you could end up losing yourself because you, you end up uh, bargaining parts of who you are to your partner to be yep. good. <laughs> and that is not that's not great. Now, and the more you do that, the more you lose yourself because you're so wrapped up in pleasing them and becoming more to their liking that you're no longer to your own liking. Yes. Yes. And so I love that I love that season 1 dealt with a lot of that and then season 2 kind of comes in with the idea, okay, well once you're past that, once you're out of the once you're out of the toxic relationship then what then what 100 percent. because I, I think we've all gone through these steps that's why i think that the show was actually incredibly therapeutic to to go back on and look for the seriousness in it because the first time i saw it i was just laughing about a, a lot of it watching it together like this i was able to see through to some of the stuff that they were saying and i think one of the easiest ways people come out of a toxic relationship is to create these suits of emotional armor, right? So that you can never get hurt again. I think one of the most interesting things about humans is that once we experience trauma, our mind will do anything to ensure that it will not happen again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a survival thing. It's emotional fight or flight. So if falling in love with the Joker got her in this mess, she has it in her mind that she'll never fall in love with anyone. Which is where Mr. Freeze comes in with his, like, what do you mean? Like, you really don't believe in love? You know? And then he, end up, he ends up making a blood sacrifice for his, um, for his wife to live. Another mm-hmm. big emotional ending, right? Like, everyone's crying. Uh, <laughs> everyone's crying. Everyone's sad. And it's the first time uh, Harley's been brought to this idea of, like, well, I don't want to go. Like, now that I've gotten out of a bad relationship, I don't want to go through my whole life never having a relationship. Never, Never knowing what the real love is, right? And the good love, right? Because she personified love in general as what Joker gave her, and if that's what that is, I don't want it. And then seeing an example of real, or you know, real love, she she like fights back at that, which I thought was really really interesting. Um, it's a it's a bit of a joke episode, but what did you think about the Batman episode? I love Alfred. I love. <laughs> <laughs> There's a part where did you see the part where um the I, Lucius shows him the suit, <laughs> whatever he's like, he's like, you know what, Maria, he doesn't deserve you. <laughs> <laughs> and when he tries to take the suit upstairs, he can't because it's too heavy. Shirt. It's too heavy. He can't pull it. <laughs> yeah, it's too heavy. Oh, uh, really, really funny. Um, I loved the, the beginning meta stuff with the two guys on the couch. Like, uh, oh, yes. you know, this is just SJW, whatever, whatever. And, <laughs> and he's like, he's got going off. He's like, yeah, they just want to do this with her and they want to do that with her. And the guy's like, have you have you watched the show? <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> no, I don't need to watch the show because it's a bunch of, you know, this, that, and there. And it, it really, a lot of that stuff, I don't know if you were privy, but a lot of that stuff was coming out about this. You know, it's like, oh, if it's not about the Joker, if Batman's not in it, well, why are we watching it? It's just a girl. She's just going to beat everybody, et cetera, et cetera. So they literally give us a Batman episode just to, <laughs> just to shut everybody up. Give us a Batman episode. And then, and then they're like, oh, well, I guess we're going to have to watch next week. You know, <laughs> and I guess we're going to have to do this. So I like them. Um, I like them making a, making a point on, on. It's the so whole... clever. Like the dialogue, like everything. Like... Yeah. Yeah. And they understand both parts of fandom. 
mm-hmm. parts of fandom that are gonna mark out over all the characters that they've introduced, and the parts of fandom that are gonna be like, oh, where's the Batman of it? And they're like, here, here's your freaking Batman. <laughs> and then he gets both his legs broken. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Um, so we we get introduced to the bartender Joker. I don't know if he, did he have yeah. a regular name? We'll call him Jack because that's been his canonical. That's his canonical Jack. normal normal name, Jack Jack Napier. So we'll call him Jack. Um, and th- with th- with the introduction of this bartender Joker, you know, this real man who seemingly looks exactly like the Joker, we get two things that I thought were incredibly interesting. One is this concept of you um you are who you are always at your core. Um, which reminded me about how while oftentimes our exes are in the villain role in our stories they're not lifelong villains right i mean i okay i don't think i I don't think it's i don't think it's healthy to characterize them as lifelong villains only because i'm optimistic i i want to believe that that you know even though uh they liked ice cream they didn't like my flavor of ice cream you understand and that depends on what they did i i agree okay i I agree with that i agree with that as well i agree with that as well yeah, yeah. I mean, the Joker is quite heinous in his in his treatment. The other thing that I thought was interesting is inside this Joker bartender episode where we're trying to figure out if this is really the Joker or not. Big sis, we got basically Harleen. They put the story that me and you reviewed last year in this where Two-Face hires her to come in to find out about Joker and where he put the bomb he gets her to come into the cell and then seduces her. I was very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I remember. I like, Wait a minute, it seems a little familiar. Yeah, the colors were the same, the long hair, all of it. And I was like, wow, this is, no matter how often they tell this story, they always find a new wrinkle to put in with it. Um, and yeah, it looks almost like some of it was, like she was too, too confident that she could do this. Too confident that no one could uh, trick her. In this kind of situation, and yeah, um, and that's exactly what we had said. She came in like, "Oh, you guys can do it. Watch, I can do it. Watch." Yep, yep. And then he gets it all turned on him. And then they do the classic. Um, the classic story is that he tells her a lie the first day they meet, and she holds on to that lie, and uses it to car- you know create sympathy she, she for him. him yeah and then you find out no that was just one of the many 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 lies that he's told um in that flashback we see uh, ivy save harley for the first time mm-hmm. and that's where a lot of that you know comes from uh that relationship and stuff like that so i thought that was interesting the genuine care and concern yeah meanwhile like i said mr freeze ha- is dead because of that harley done stabbed penguin in the throat with a baseball bat uh Villains. Are, oh, uh, Riddler is 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 on a hamster wheel, in in the in powering powering everything. Getting jacked. Getting jacked. Look at these calves. Uh, she goes. Oh, so as the abs get harder, the riddles get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so freaking funny. Um. So they are put on trial for killing the penguin, and they are sentenced to, to Bane's pit. My pit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, George Lopez is coming to perform in just a bit. Uh, hilarious. Um, and There's rehabilitation, man. Yes. Who yeah. better? Yes. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, and it's his hole, which was the hole given to him, I think, by Two Face right at the end of that Batman episode. He's like, you know what, bro? <laughs> Here, I know this is your place, and if you, the Dark Knight Rises is all about that hole. So, uh, really, really funny stuff. Um, yeah, so they put in into the pit. They decide they're gonna start a riot to escape, uh, and they get close, but they are nearly nearly killed by Bane. Uh, but their near death experience brings them closer, and the two kiss. And then the rest of it is hella awkward after that. Now, you don't, don't got to spoil your beans, but have you ever had an awkward kiss before? Um, Definitely not with a female. Right, but, right. I mean, in general. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would say my first was very awkward. Was the first was, oh, yeah, very, very awkward. I was like, um, is that how we're supposed to go? <laughs> right, right. Should we do it, should we do it again? <laughs> we, uh, no, we yeah. We do? Right, right. It, it's, it's, it's tricky. I've I've been in some situations where you start to wonder, you know, what happens after this. What should you just go on as if nothing happened? Does this mean a, a new, you know, status has been established? And it's it's not as clean, uh, you know, and quick uh, as they want it to be. So listen, usually the case is with near death experiences, you're feeling all your real feelings. So if you were, if that's what you're inclined to do, as soon as you, you know, you know you're safe, that's a real feeling, man. <laughs> ah, that's a, that that yeah, that's good to know. Well, I'll see what I feel. Yeah, <laughs> <Near death. laughs> see what secrets I end up finding out about myself. Um, they they try to talk themselves out of it. As an adult, as a mom, as a wife, should uh should Ivy have told Kite Man? Um, I I don't think right there and then was the you know was anything. I mean, afterwards, yes. After after <laughs> the, the, the second right? time, after... after yeah, after that, then that was a, the whole different story. But the first time from um, it was you know I, that could have like I said did just like a a quick thing because you know they just came out the hole or whatnot, but. Uh, there's no explaining the second yeah <laughs> the second time second third fourth time <laughs> it seemed like harley was a bit like she came to the conclusion early on that that she kind of just dug it um but it was ivy's kind of rejection of the entire idea right that kind of put harley in a weird position so she was more yeah like accepting to it or more like oh okay whatever but the fact that she was like oh it's such a horrible decision or whatever it was we, a mistake you know, it was just a mistake yeah, yeah it was a mistake like well she didn't think it was that serious until Ivy said it like the way she said it right I loved um crazy Harley I'm crazy Harley and I just kiss <laughs> I just walk around and I kiss people He's, I'm impetuous yeah I'm impetuous. This is just my Wednesday. <laughs> it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was. She she went all the way to the other side, you know, of it uh, to distract herself. She starts an all out. She decides she's gonna start an all out war with the GCPD, and um, she borrows the Parademons from Darkseid, Lord of Apocalypse, to get it done. All of these people not only exist, but you will be seeing them next month in uh, Justice League: The Snyder Cut. If you chose. To watch that film, Darkseid will be in there. And his parademons, I think, were in the regular Justice League film. But, uh, yeah, uh, real real characters, real place. And she has this demon arm. Oh, and Granny Goodness, also a real character. <laughs> that old lady that she had to beat up. <laughs> real, real character. And a real badass. So that, that that was interesting as hell. Oh, my God. You want to talk about, like, the gore, the demons. 
Like yes. a demon's just flying around just and spitting chairs. acid in people's faces <laughs> and ripping off skin and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, this is out of control. Because at one point, Ivy goes, is this what you wanted? Is this what you envisioned? And you and look she's around. she's just looking around. Like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it's just arms and body parts all over everywhere. But again, in the sense that she feels like she's supposed to do that. She's I'm evil. Like, this is yeah. what I'm supposed to do. But yeah. no, this is not what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, and she eventually, you know, she says, no, this is not what I want to do. And it seems like she has a confession on the tip of her tongue. But when Kite Man shows up, she's like, oh, no, we're just going to throw you a hella good uh, bachelorette party. Oh, she sure does. Oh, yeah, she does. What do you think of the introduction <laughs> of Batgirl into this? Um, Commissioner Gordon's daughter in the comics as well as in the, in the series. Yeah. Um, and she she's the one that actually gets her father to get cleaned up. Yeah, the whole montage. <laughs> oh my gosh! What about when she's doing? She's talking to Ivy and uh, Harley, but it's playing music in the background so that they can't be heard. Oh, and every time they cut to Harley and Ivy, they're dancing. They're <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just like just real good visual gags. And her dad comes out. And it's like, what are you kids doing? Why do you have a plant wrapped around you, Dad? We're <laughs> vining. It's what the kids do. <laughs> That's <laughs> what the kids do now, and then, and then it's like he, there you can't question. That's what the kid. Oh, that's what the all kids right. Do. Okay, I guess I'm just being an old man. Oh, he <laughs> goes and eats a chip off his chest, and she's like, "That wasn't even in the same bag that you that you were <laughs> that you're eating from." <laughs> oh, real, real, real funny. It keeps it keeps you laughing, but then it keeps you like on the edge, like, "Oh, wait, wait, they're about to they just killed such and such," and then two seconds later, you're laughing about something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's real great. Um, like when we go to the bachelor party, we meet Jen. Don't call me Jen. <laughs> Jen. Don't call me Jen. <laughs> Jennifer. Um, and then they get Miss Mrs. Freeze drunk, and she's getting <laughs> she's getting crazy. All uh, kind of all kind of action. Do you know a woman, or have you met a woman like uh Catwoman? Yes. You know somebody oh, like that. Yes. Always late. Always got to oh, be the yes. person to uh, show out and yeah. one up. How how uh, is it to have one of those in 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 the in the circle? Oh, it's not fun. It's not fun. They don't. They tend not to stick around too long. Too long. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you get tired of it after a while. Um, but are they also down the situation? Like everything is an issue. Everything's a problem. Like you know. Yeah. So you just want to go with the flow and just be chill and. Do do weaker personalities sometimes get swept up in it? Of course, because it's like a dominant thing, you know, like, oh, I I know I'm right and I'm, you know, I have this confidence about me. So then the person who's not so confident is going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen to you and follow what you say and what you do because you look like you know what you're doing. Right. I, I like how black and white Harley saw it. She's like, this yeah. is stupid. <laughs> She's like, is she late? <laughs> oh, yeah, she does that. Is she cool? No. <laughs> I'm not doing anything. Um. So, yeah, because she's also on the... uh. She's on the bachelorette party as well. Um, as Ivy's maid of honor, Harley is driving herself crazy coming up with the perfect celebration. And even worse, every night they drink, her and Ivy end up sleeping with one another. Um, even Catwoman finds out. She's like, these walls are too thin. <laughs> <laughs> um, angered by her confusing feelings, Ivy heads back to, into Kite Man's arms, stating that she loves him and trusts Harley with her life, but not her heart. Uh, leaving Harley quite distraught. Do you think that was the right move to make? 
at this point, I feel like also Kite Man is becoming more and more endearing. Like he steps up, he stands up to, uh, no, she stands up to his. She stands parents, up right? to his parents, right? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for him. Um, but you, you, like, the more she gets on board with it, the more I feel like we're on board with it. Mm-hmm. Until this, until this moment here. So after the plane, what do you think? Do you run to the to the fiance? Or do you? Stay with the clown there, there's, a, there, there's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. <laughs> right, right, right. You can't, yeah. I mean, some people think, you know, because it's, you know, it's women, it's still, it's still cheating. You're still, you're about to get married. Like, you have to have a conversation. And if the person's okay, I mean, hey. And, but you can't just go into a marriage knowing you literally just slept with someone. And not only that, um, there is absolutely nothing like infidelity happening in a circle of people you know oh yes so okay. like that is just not cool like to, to have harley over right to have harley uh, at the wedding like harley. someone like harley that's you know no you yeah. can't <laughs> yeah that wasn't yeah. gonna work so yeah that's it's a whole lot um yeah so at one point harley and the cured joker are hostages together and um, Dr. Psycho betrays the whole crew, teams up with the Riddler, and gets a mind control helmet so he can take over the parademons. Um, he traps the heroes in Wayne Tower and takes control of Clayface and King Shark. Psy uh, sacrifices himself to take the barrier down. And uh, Gordon recruits Hardy to help. Turns out the cured Joker remembers the Book of Fables, which ha- uh, has our Justice League in it. But can't remember where it is. Uh, in hopes of jogging his memory, Harley gives him an acid bath, which another episode that ends in, like silence because it's like, oh, what, <laughs> what the hell is gonna happen here? <laughs> the next episode a- ends uh, starts with the little shop of Horace Plant smoking weed, going like, I gotta tell y'all what the hell just <laughs> just happened in this show. <laughs> this shit is crazy. This is some George R. R. Martin <laughs> award shit. I'm sitting here. I'm dying. I'm like, because it literally that it's a, it's a serious ending, and then it comes to this. So I thought that was uh, really really funny. Um, Joker emerges and has no choice but to work with Harley uh, if he hopes to survive. The big thing in this is that Joker makes Harley jealous. What do you think about that wrinkle that he has a? He has a new life. He has a new love. He believes in love. He wants because to do the right thing. Because it's normal. Because yeah. it's normal, and that's what she always wanted. She wanted that life of him. And okay, wait a minute. You took this bath, See, and now you don't even remember anything, and you have this whole new life, which is the exact life that I wanted. Right. So, so this things a little bit. So that's what that's I guess where I'm talking about, like as far as like villainizing your exes, in the sense that so. In your honest opinion, there's no wrong answer. Does he not get to have that? It's not him who has that, though. He's not Joker anymore. Ah, yeah. So in her, in, in her, in her mind, he used a fake, pre, fake pretenses to get the life she wanted. And right. if, and in her mind, if the woman was privy to the kind of person that he was, um. They wouldn't have that. Yeah, right. She wouldn't be with him, right? Right. But turns out she's in love and Spanish. And she has Loka right. tattooed on her. <laughs> and she told him off, too. Yeah, in Spanish. Which was very, which is quite... At one point, I had put my head down and I just heard cursing in Spanish. I was like, wait, what show am I watching again? Uh, so freaking good. Um, 
so yeah, they go to the house. They get the, the book of fables. Dr. Psyker makes a deal with Darkseid that he will destroy Harley to gain his help to take over the world. Uh, Joker make Har- Harley jealous by saying that he's in love, like I said. But I also felt like in asking about Harley, he was also kind of pushing her to kind of do her thing. Mm-hmm. Was that weird? Or have they just I mean, grown? Can he grow? That's what I'm saying. Like, where are we supposed to sit with this Joker? Should we want him no, dead? He, he, he He's not going to grow. This is, it was an act. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he has gone so far with her, things with her just to make her believe whatever he needs with her to believe. Right. So this is the act that he has to do for now. This is what he has to do for now. He has something coming up. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh. I hope I hope he doesn't come back. It's <laughs> yeah. And not only that, but I could also see it being a situation. I mean, we've all been there as soon as she finds somebody to be with, you know? Might be and right when he shows he up. He might he might be resentful to her for putting him back in the bath. Maybe he wanted to stay with her. Yeah. That's Maybe true. he wanted it, you know? Yeah. Oh, the 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 guy, um, the 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 little shop of horse plant is like um he got thrown in the thing and you know became normal, became whiter than he was before. <laughs> 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 I, was, I was like, this is ridiculous. This whole show is ridiculous. What about what about his carry man? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, his his his, what do you call it? His bag man? His Pot, you know, it's pot. It's, it's pot man. Pot man, it's pot yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this, this is my pot guy. That was, yeah, that was... Like, I think you misread the ad. Yes, yes. That was real funny. Um, I, I, Like I said, almost anything said in, in King Shark's voice is hilarious because he's just a big softy. He's this big, uh, uh, when they're showing his um bad memories, he ate his brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Tabitha. His uh, <laughs> his wife, his boo. Say, well, you just went all the way down there and you got married. And he like, goes, yeah. he goes, um, she, she goes, no, he goes. I, I'm. Something tells me that you're not as thrilled about this wedding as I am. And she's like, was it the fact that I'm I'm chain smoking <laughs> under I'm chain smoking <laughs> underneath the water, even though it's not possible? You're <laughs> 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 killing me. Absolutely killing me. I was dying when they almost. So good. I was so dying good. when they almost threw all of them in the furnace because because they thought they were oh, dead. They get <laughs> so he's about to throw all of them in the, in the damn furnace. Like, and, then, oh. and then on the second round, come wake up to a massacre. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so so damn hilarious. Um, so yeah, uh, they end up freeing the Justice League from the um, from the Book of Fables, but Doctor Psycho takes control of Ivy and uses her to you know to against Harley, and then you know Clayface and the Justice League and uh, King Shark and the Justice League they're able to take down King Shark and they're able to take down Clayface, but Ivy is the one that's you know a bit much. Um, Psycho use has Ivy use her pheromones on them on the Justice League before bringing Harley back to the mall. Kite Man follows them and gives Harley a finish device before going uh, trying to free Ivy with true love's kiss. <laughs> it turns out Kite Man's Psych- true love. Psych- <laughs> Psycho Psycho forces Ivy and Harley to fight, but the latter kisses the former, distracting Psycho long enough to free her and for Harley to give Ivy a second anti mind control device. Together they defeat Doctor Psycho and impress Darkseid, who offers Harley his army and the Earth. I mean, she could have she could have had it all right there, right. Um, but 
she declines as she is not a supervillain anymore. Once Darkseid leaves, Psycho uses the last of his strength to show all of Gotham, Harley and Ivy kind of doing it. And uh, Kite Man is not impressed. So this is why you tell your your boo before, right? This is why you yeah. this is why you get there first. So everything in the dark comes to light. Yes, yes, everything in the darkness comes to light. Why do you think Ivy kept doubling down? Like still with the wedding, still with the venue, still with the dress. Kind of the same reason Harley kept pushing with the need to be evil, need to be bad, need to be doing bad things. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Hmm. Oh, this is a good guy who's being good to me. And yeah, he can be a good guy, but he doesn't have to be your husband, you know? Yeah, that's another big, big thing that I guess all the listeners uh, need to know, you know? It's, I saw the, this uh, posted on Facebook once. Uh, don't become so thirsty that you drink every cup that is handed to you. Yeah. You know, because that's yeah. how you get poisoned. Right. You know, so I, I totally believe that. I think it... Quite honestly, Harley might have opened up the channels for Ivy to accept love. And thus, the first nice person, right? The first person that's kind of nice to her. She thinks, well, I guess I'm supposed to do what other humans do. But that that idea of doing what you think you're supposed to do, I think it's magnified when you talk about the LGBT community. Right? You have these two female characters who are feeling something towards each other, towards another female, same-sex relationship, if you will, and they may think that that's taboo. They may think they are better off doing what they're quote-unquote supposed to or what they should or what society mm-hmm. tells them they should do. Um, Harley and Ivy actually, you know, they, they have a long history in the comics, but it wasn't until maybe four years ago that they actually had a kiss in the main continuity. Like in with that everyone acknowledged that it happened. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone in the universe right. knows it happened. They're a couple, etc. What they would do is they would do like um like uh like like on this earth, you know, in this dimension, this Harley Quinn and Har- and Ivy are gotcha. together, and in this, but they would never do the full, you know, the a full, story. Yes. I'm like uh, mincing my words here, but there, there's another big thing in DC Comics. In DC Comics, Batwoman is a gay superhero, right? And at one point, they positioned her to get married, and because of it being so taboo, they ended up canceling that marriage. So it, it, it it's always been a touchy subject about whether or not they were going to put the official stamp on this couple, um, and 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 do something like this, and. Once it happened, one day, once they kissed here, it blew up everywhere. Um, and they kissed in the comments. Like I said, it's canonical now. But it takes a certain kind of confidence to do this, <laughs> to have this message, to tell this sort of story. Um, but, yeah, I think they do a good job with it. I think I think they did a very well, a good job. I think they told the story very well. It wasn't like, you know, I, I, I don't know how to, you know, exactly put into words but it wasn't like like thrown in your face like oh here's a couple here's two girls they're making out like it's a real story like a real friendship that blossomed into like a real love yeah. and the way they they put the story out there is like you know it's deep and you feel it you feel it i mean gay straight it doesn't matter you feel the their actual story yeah and, I and think you, you root for them very well yeah they did it very very well i i think 
that exactly what you're saying is exactly right in the sense that, you know, everything is trickled in. Nothing is just, you know, they blow the doors off and go, oh, and by the way, mm-hmm. everything is trickled in. And they these characters deal constantly with the whether or not they, they have these feelings even. You know, everything is examined and thought about and and reexamined and uh, acted upon and stuff like that. I feel like that's a really cool way to tackle it. Um, And you're right in the sense it's one of those things that I don't know technically what they did to make it seem so earnest. But you're right. It doesn't feel like it was something they just made up for this or it doesn't feel like something that they did to get people to, you know, go, oh. Like, you know, like just for reaction. Right. But, you know, uh, it almost like started like you can you can sit there and think back when you're watching this. You can think back like I can see how that happened. I can see how they got to this point. Yeah. The building blocks are there. Yeah. The building blocks are totally there. Um, So I think that. Well, let's 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 finish this. uh this series real quick so ivy convinces kite man to go through with the wedding after revealing she secured the venue he wanted the one with the corn Um, corn. corn. (laughs) 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 meanwhile on their way to arkham and after listening to gordon rant about not earning any recognition for saving gotham two-face convinces him to arrest all of the attending villains at ivy and kite man's wedding so gordon can earn a public recognition and eventually run for mayor (laughs) Uh, Harley, having also been imprisoned at Arkham, initially refuses her crew's offer to break her out to attend the wedding. But upon learning Gordon's plan from Two Face, she teams up with them with him to escape. However, while trying to identify Gordon, she attacks the wrong person and enrages Ivy, who asks her to leave. Despite this, Harvey foils Gordon when he gasses everyone in attendance. Though she caused the wedding to turn into an all-out war between the villains and the GCPD. Yeah, there's a lot of bloodshed. Uh, Frustrated and realizing Ivy does not truly love him, Kite Man breaks up with her and leaves. Harley and Ivy escape from Gordon together, sharing a kiss after Ivy confesses her feelings for Harley. Um, I thought it was a beautiful ending to all of this. I thought that, uh, like you said, it, it, it all is a progression. And I also, like... I like the vulnerability of it. I like that Harley acted out because we do that. We mm-hmm. have very immature responses to uh, rejection or you know, feeling uncomfortable. Sometimes we got to burn down the whole, you know, if we were losing at the game, we got to flip the table over, you know, and she was so heartbroken. Yeah. That she ended up taking over the world. Yeah, basically. <laughs> But then, but to then when prove a point. yeah, but then even but then when prompted, yeah, didn't she couldn't even take it over. <laughs> she couldn't because when asked by the one person that she loved if this was really what she wanted, she couldn't lie. And and that that says more than anything else. You, we took you people have problems, you know, um, uh, bigots for the most part <laughs> have problems <laughs> with people, you know, love choosing to love who they want to love. But this show um, exemplifies that all the qualities in a in a loving partner they had towards each other yep you know whether it was it was that partnership that you can see building and growing and blossoming and you're like oh wow and then when they actually when they kiss you're not really surprised yeah yeah yep uh the basic thing is like the kiss is between them and us and it's like okay now how do we tell everybody now not this mm-hmm. thing that we knew. How do we tell everybody else? 
Um, yeah. I think that having... I think that, that like I said, having your characters be um, flawed, you know, having them be human. Uh, sometimes when, with some of these love stories... Like, I, I didn't really dig the love story in Wonder Woman, the most recent Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't a fan, you know. Some of these things don't... you They feel like they're manufactured for a response, but they don't get it out of me. They just That's don't. why I really like the fact that they kiss before they slept together. Because yeah. how they p- pushed the, oh, we, we were drunk, we were drunk, you know, we were drunk. Yeah. Okay, well... This is the second time, and like she even um, Harley jokes and like well, like the second, third, fourth time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe just the second time, or third, or fourth, and fifth, and maybe the sixth time. But besides that, <laughs> right, right. How much? Uh, how much you have to talk yourself out of it? And it, it, it's it's crazy because Harley goes from not wanting love to wondering whether or not she's worthy of love to want wanting it and not having it returned. To then rejecting it again, right, and then ultimately believing in what I believe, and so that, that I guess that's also why this series spoke to me is because in my in my worst breakup, the very next thing that I ended up doing years ago um, was being emotionally distant. It, it was what kept me uh, safe. It was what kept you protect me yourself. protected. Yep. Yes. But I, I realized this, and this is, like, true. If anyone is considering doing this, hear my words. If you build walls so that you can never feel anything bad, you will also never feel anything good. Yeah. You can't. The depths, you have to feel the depths of, of, of all of it. If you're not ready for the intensity of that sadness, you're never going to feel the pure intensity of pure adulation, jubilation, happiness. You know? You're so worked up to build those walls so thick and strong because you don't ever want to feel that again. You don't realize that blocking that out blocks out everything. Yes. Yep. And there was also another thing I had read, I think it was yesterday, something along the lines of like, um, I'm going to butcher this, but it was something like, if you, if you like get cut, something about, something about. And I tell this to my friends all the time, you know, when they get in a bad mood, I'm like, realize that whatever puts you in a bad mood, like whatever has gotten you upset or making you feel less than yourself at this moment, um, there are people that care about you on this earth. And if they reach out to you, it's kind of selfish to bite at them because they're not coming at you knowing that you're at your best. They right. love you regardless. So it was something about like if you get stabbed by somebody else, don't bleed on the people who care about you or something like that. Right, who are trying to stitch you up. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, um, and 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 that's what it is. It's like you you eventually have to come to a point of realizing that you're that you are worthy of love and that you're 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 worth something. Um, I, do whatever you have to mourn whatever trauma you have, whether it is a relationship, whether it's a lost loved one, trauma. Uh, causes us to really look inside ourselves and see what we're worth and see what we're uh, what we're made of. You mm-hmm. know, um, neither one of us is are, are strangers to trauma. Most people deal with some sort of trauma, and you really hit that crossroads. You could treat everybody like the worst person has treated you, or you could, without any safety net, try to just live the life that you want that you've wanted to live when you were five. You know, before you knew about people being manipulative, before you knew about cheating, before you knew about, um, you know, people taking advantage when everything was idealistic. Um, 
And I, I can only live that way now. You know, I can't. I, I can try to be as cold-hearted and closed off as I want to. I can get in bad moods, definitely. But at my heart, I am just a caring individual. I can't. Right. I can't be anything else. And what, at one point, when I felt myself becoming something else, I was like, wait a minute. I'm giving my exes way too much power. It's like I was saying from before. Just as, just as much as you can lose yourself in trying to um, be who your partner wants you to be, you can also lose yourself in trying to be who you think you're supposed to be. Right. You know, like, oh, well, you know what? I, uh, my, my, that relationship uh, ended well, so I'm, I'm going to go to the strip club every night, you know, and now I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I need a party. That's what I need to do. And if that's not really you, I need to be single and I need to, you know, right. And, and now to be single and, and screw couples, right? Screw Valentine's Day, screw all of y'all, screw kids, <laughs> screw all those things. Those are for losers. When you, you know, know, deep down inside, that's what you really want. And, the, and, but the, what people are scared is the vulnerability. Because ultimately, this is this is this is a shitty way to look at it. But ultimately, if you're in a marriage or whatever, it's all good until it isn't, right? Right. And uh, pragmatic people are about that. Are all about like, well, you know, it could or it couldn't be or whatever. But it takes a real courage and a real vulnerability to say, I know that this can turn at any minute. But so long as it's in my hands and I care about it, I, I'm in control. You know. And that takes a certain level of courage that you you don't that experience I I guess would give you as somebody who is married and in a, a loving relationship. Did you ever feel yourself having those fears that this could be just another trap or another <laughs> situation uh, where somebody's taking advantage or anything like that, or was it something where you knew from the beginning that this was a different situation? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people first come into relationships and, you know, situations with their walls up. Yeah. Because no one likes to be hurt. No one likes to be hurt. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a work in progress. You have to, you have to see what that other person is giving. And if there's no give, there's just take and take and take and abuse and neglect. And after a while, you're like, wait a minute. You know, this is not for me. This is not what I need to be doing. Because you have to love yourself first before anything. And I know that sounds so cliche. Love yourself first. But you have to. Yeah. You cannot. You literally cannot love someone else if you don't love yourself first. Yeah. If you don't take care of yourself, you don't care how you're eating, you don't care how you feel, you don't care about those things, why would you care about someone else? 100%. And also, like, not not to be rude, but why should they care about you? Right. And I know that's a, that's a real tough pill to swallow sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, you know, uh, you can't you can't shoot for the stars with no effort, right? You can't yeah. you can't. Um, I think it's from The Simpsons. It was like we tried nothing; we're all out of ideas. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you haven't done nothing. You've done nothing, yeah. but you're gonna sit here and complain. And listen, both me and you are on Facebook, and we were on Facebook this last weekend for Valentine's Day. There are some hurt mm-hmm. people out there in the world. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and they're hurting the wrong people in being hurt. Because hurt people hurt people. Um, but what I think this showed, this series showed, is how important it is to establish your identity. Um, how important it is to have a friend, right? Someone who truly knows you as you are, can remind you of who you are. Um, how important is it as a female to have female friends? You can see the true care 
from both characters towards each other. Yeah, you can see it. Like it, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome to see as an adult to know if you if you are blessed to have at least one of those friends that you can count on like that. It's it's awesome to see you know to see it animated. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, she would be the one to throw me my basketball party and get me those penis straws and you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's the little things like that. Um, was it important for you to have a your female friends in situations like that? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's one thing that I cherish, you know, between my husband and I, is he understands that I need that. I need that time. Yeah. And you know, just moving, you know, across the, the, this country, um, we we make sure we have like our our Skype and our Zoom times, and when we sit and we actually talk, and we end up talking for hours and hours and hours. But you need that. It's, they say it's therapy because it is. Because yeah. it is. Yeah. Those are people who love the best parts about you, who know those right. best parts about you, have seen you at your highest and at your lowest. And, and no you know. one has told me about myself more than my friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my closest friends. Yeah. I mean, and that's very similar to Harley and Ivy, right? They were constantly mm-hmm. calling each other's bluffs on shit. Yeah. Like, what do you mean, Mary? Are you guys dating? Like, <laughs> 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 that happened. Uh, at one point, she goes, uh, Kai Man says something and he, oh no Morse code it was the Morse code thing he goes <laughs> oh that's Morse code and she was like you know Morse code and he's like yeah kite people and, and sailors need to know it and she goes I can't believe Har- um, Ivy's having sex with you and he goes but she is <laughs> she, she totally is <laughs> like, this guy is ridiculous oh so so fun so fun um, yeah, I, I, I do think that this serves as a better tale. Uh, for those who are familiar with Harley Quinn as a character and want to see her a bit fleshed out in her motives and stuff, I think this serves as one of the best representations. But how do you think this Harley stacks with the other ones that you've seen? I think this is my favorite. Yes, yeah. uh, They definitely have to come out with the third, fourth, fifth season. I mean, they have to keep, they can keep running with it. This has been my favorite. It's been the most entertaining I mean, there's so many dimensions to it. You're laughing and you're like, you know, the thrill, the thrill of it all and the, the gore of it, like how graphic it can be. Like, it's just all aspects. I, I don't know if it's just me, but like, I felt like I was a friend of Harley's. So when she starts doing ridiculous stuff, I'm like, come on, girl. Like, you don't mean that. Like, you know, like I started to feel like when she gets embarrassed, I get embarrassed. Like when you get toward, closer to season two. I have never cared about a villain more than Yeah, well, there you go. Well, there you go. That, that's a hell of an endorsement there. That's a hell it's of like an endorsement. It's like you can't not root for her. Right. Yeah. Because she's not asking for much. She doesn't even want to, want to kill. They, they made a point to show that juxtaposition she's not out here to murder and have a bunch of fun and stuff like that she does want attention she does like having fun she also likes hitting things with bats but besides uh, besides <laughs> she likes those, to smash yes besides those things uh and she wants me to vagina ice uh cave or something like that <laughs> but, be, but besides those things you know she does want the normal things the normal things that like the things the things that she is Robbing banks for, blowing things up for, whatever. When you whittle them down, it's are for basic, attention. but they're it's basic human, they're basic human needs, right? Acknowledgement, respect, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, identity, purpose. These are things that people, that honestly, people need. You know, aside from love, they need purpose, they need meaning, they need something and an identity. And so, yeah, you, I, this is a hell of an uh, uh, educational show when it comes to what we as humans do with these crazy uh, emotions that we have sometimes. 
Um, I wanted to end with a bit of a uh, history of what I, the shippers have called Harlivy. <laughs> Apparently, there's been a bunch of Harlivy fan fiction written. I, I'm not going to read any of it, nor am I going to oh, show goodness. any of the pictures that I could imagine have been drawn of these characters. But they first met uh, in Batman the Animated Series, uh, the episode Harley and Ivy. Uh, which premiered in January eight, January eighteenth of nineteen ninety three. So eight that's about twenty eight years ago. Um, they met first ever because they met in the animated series before they ever met in comics. Um, they made their comic book debut together in Batman Adventures number twelve. Um, in like I said, uh, there is a a idea of else worlds which means that these adventures take place on other worlds and other mm-hmm. dimensions so there right. was one where it took place around the 1940s uh it was called dc comics bombshells where they dressed more like pinups like like you know that you can do it and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and that's the first time they ever had a romantic kiss in an official comic but again in another world in another dimension somewhere um we also have this comic called Injustice, which is it's a comic based on the video game Injustice. And they came out with a comic called Injustice Ground Zero, which focused on the war from Harley's point of view. And issue 21 includes a kiss. But again, not in the main continuity. In a long, you know, in a universe far, far away, etc. In 2017, finally... Harley Quinn number 25 features Harley and Ivy's first romantic kiss in a continuity book, and it's a passionate one. Um, but yeah, it, it has been established. Uh, they are together, um, and hopefully together for a while. Next week, next week on the podcast, we'll be covering a comic called um, DC Love is a Battlefield. It's 10 short stories with comic book characters dealing with love and relationships. And I hear that Harley and Ivy have a story in that. And I also hear As it's they one of should. those and I, and I also hear it's one of those like um eternal love, love through the years kind of thing. So we might actually get to see Harley and Ivy as an old couple. Um which That'd be awesome. Yeah, incredibly interesting, incredibly interesting. Just looking through here like I said again, Bane is hilarious. Uh I'm, I'll let you think on anything uh, else you want to say. While I'm looking through these, this list here, the fact that um, Doctor Psycho is married to a gigantic woman. Or I mean, he has his tights, so when Ivy grows, he's like, "Well, look, you know, I have my tights." Yes, a hundred percent. And um, his his like um, his like emo son was, was oh. like trashing them on the internet, and he was the one they had plus. And so they had that moment. I hate you, son. I hate you, I hate too, you Dad. Too. And I was like, this is kind of fucked up, but it's getting me choked up a little bit. It was, it's just so like, I don't know if, if endearing is the right word to, to use for this, but you know, just to see that side of all these villains. Right. Like, <laughs> no, and I said, like, I remember at first, I, I remember legitimately at first when I saw Commissioner Gordon, I didn't know whether or not I had a problem with it. Because I think that the character is such a, you know, like, by the books, by the numbers guy. But I'm like this. This is actually more realistic. <laughs> this is no one can be up twenty four seven talking to Batman in the middle of the night and then going to work, going to you know, um, his marriage and all that other kind of stuff. Oh my god, I thought that stuff was funny. Um, really great character in um in Commissioner Gordon. Uh, this has already been greenlit for season three, so 
we will just, I guess, be waiting. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I guess we, 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 we will be waiting to cover it. And I'm assuming you will return to, to discuss oh, Morali. Yeah. So of that, course. So that is fantastic. I think I'm looking through here one more time. The the bar mitzvah stuff was funny. Um, uh, oh, even the, when he's like waiting for her, Abby, he's like, "What are you doing? She ruined my bar mitzvah." Oh yeah. What <laughs> I about, put a bounty on her head. <laughs> what about when they're doing the talk show stuff while they're fighting? So like Joker shows up. He's like, "He's my villain, not yours. I've been <laughs> I've been fighting him for years or whatever." <laughs> So funny, and again, I yeah, all the all the writing the, is so good. This coffee is my reckoning. <laughs> make this coffee. Everything is just reckoning. Yeah, or uh, you you guys had time to buy those chairs, and I still have this <laughs> this folding chair. Are you sure? And they're like, shut up, Bane. We thought it would be funny to get you in a show in a, in a folding chair. <laughs> the way they cheat him, even though he's the biggest and the baddest, is hilarious. Oh, so funny, but yes. Um, this was, this is, this was our Harley Quinn season one and two review. Um, and the great thing about it is, like I said, this isn't the first time me and Big Sis got on the airwaves. We actually covered a Harley Quinn retrospective last year, um, around this time. You guys can actually go back and view that by going to comicbookclick.com slash major issues. Comic Book Click not only has every single of the episode of the major issues podcast, over 11,000 li- listens, over 160 episodes at this point, which is over 200 hours of content. Wow. Not only does all of that exist, but all of our merchandise exists on comicbookclick.com. So does all of our articles and even some information about us. It's also the place where you can click that support comic book click button and get access to our Patreon at patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. It's the biggest way to support us for a dime a day for $3 a month. You get access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries. So this is what I've been doing, sis. We've been doing this thing called CBC Commentaries where me and a, and a co-host of the podcast will sit here, get some drinks, and watch a classic comic book fo- movie and talk over it. And then you can time it so you can play that while you're watching the film and it sounds like we're sitting there talking with you. So mm. so we've already recorded our Dark Phoenix, which I hate that movie, so that commentary was hilarious. <laughs> so uh, funny. Yeah, so the, the, that, that episode was hilarious. And that episode is actually free. If you go to patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse, that is your try before you buy episode. You can actually hear that episode before you pledge us the uh, exorbitant amount of $3 a month. <laughs> um, you can get that. You also get access to... Uh, to our polls where you get to choose the next movie that we get to cover or choose some of the subject matter that we cover here as part of comic book click of major issues podcast so go there go to comicbookclick.com go to cbc uh, clubhouse on patreon.com but you can get our podcast wherever podcasts are found that's podbean stitcher podcast addict the apple podcast app google podcast tune find spotify youtube uh, but the quickest way to find us, go to Google and type in Major Issues Podcast. And I pinky promise you, we'll be the first ones to pop right up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I have been to the future where we literally become the biggest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. But I can't tell you how we do it because it will mess up the timeline. So jump <laughs> on the bandwagon. The yeah, you don't want to mess up the timeline. You know, that's not how time travel works. So... Get on the bandwagon before it gets full. Like, share, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. But the quickest and easiest way to support us, the freest way to support us, is rate and review us on iTunes. 
It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't like. Um, and also how other people end up finding this podcast. The higher the rated, the uh, more accessible it is for more fans. So get more clickers on board. I just remembered that Frankie Muniz was in the show. <laughs> so, so I just want to say I want to thank you for giving Frankie Muniz work because I don't think he's had some in a while. So that was pretty funny. Um, but yes, uh, Patreon, comicbookclick.com, uh, rate and review us on iTunes. But we also want to hear what you guys got to say. What did you think of Harley Quinn season one and two? Hit us up on Facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. We're also at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. That's where we post a lot of our updates for the podcast, where we post our dank memes, as the kids say nowadays. Uh, and yeah, just overall analysis. So follow us all over so all social media. Um, but yeah, I think that is about what I got done on there next week. Love is a battlefield. 10 short stories right here as part of the major issues podcast. But my name is George Serrano, AKA the Don. My name is Melissa, AKA big sis. And this has been our Harley Quinn seasons one and two recap and review. And remember, whether you're a walking, talking man made of clay, an animated shark <laughs> with a thing for hoodies, a psychiatrist turned lackey, turned prisoner, turned anti-hero, turned clown stripper. Remember, <laughs> fight for true love. Remember that you matter. But most importantly, and always remember, you, yes, you are worthy. 